You're listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast. We're coming off of no show on Thursday because of Thanksgiving. Hopefully you enjoyed your holiday. You're not too hungover from having too much turkey and stuffing and maybe a little bit too much beer. But today on Friday, you're listening to us hopefully on Friday morning, you're going to get to see Notre Dame play against North Carolina. We've already done the, uh, the due diligence, the hay is in the barn. If you missed those preview episodes, go back to Wednesday. Go listen to that UNC show to hear everything you need to know about the game, as well as the previous show on Tuesday where we talked to Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels. To the beginning of today's show, we are going to talk a little bit about the first college football playoff ranking being out, a game getting canceled, and the remaining part is actually going to be a crossover episode with Locked on Spartans, the Michigan State podcast, because Notre Dame is playing Michigan State in their first basketball game tomorrow on Saturday. I am Joe DeLeon, former college football player, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting with NFL Draft Bible. So, Ryan, I want to get right into the thing that I think a lot of fans were hoping to hear us talk about, which is this initial college football playoff ranking. Now, I don't think either of us are really too surprised that Notre Dame was placed at two, but I think where things get a little bit sticky is the guys behind them. It it helps them out based on that, that Clemson and where they are that maybe if things don't go so well in the ACC championship game, they could find themselves in that four spot uh, and still make the playoff. Well, I I think it's really interesting because like you said, there were no surprises about the top four and there was no, there was no surprises about the top two. We had seen Notre Dame ranked number two. We had seen um, Alabama ranked number one. Now, it was a little interesting to see, despite a win over the then ninth-ranked team in the country, Indiana, that Ohio State moved back to number four. And it seems to me, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I think they're trying – and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to accuse them of, of actually be having this much foresight, but there seems to be maybe a little Notre Dame versus Clemson rematch in the – and the uh, college football playoff that could be an opportunity here because if we're looking at Notre Dame going to the ACC championship game against Clemson, if Clemson gets the better of Notre Dame in a close game, you could, in theory, depending on how it all shakes out, move Notre Dame back to three and then Clemson moves up maybe to number two. And then at that point, hey, are we looking at, at part three of what was a great matchup to start? And if we have a second great matchup – Hey, is that is this a three round heavyweight battle right here between these two teams? So I think it is really interesting to say the least. Now let's also you know th- th- this top four that we assume to be the that what would we would see in the first ranking. I don't think in any year of the playoffs so far that the initial ranking ended up being the final four. So there's going to probably be some movement. It was, I don't think, very, very interesting to see that Ohio State move back to four despite a victory and that Clemson is setting up to be the number three team because obviously in that situation, Notre Dame would see Clemson again even if they flip two to three there. So very interesting to see where the initial ranking ended up on those four. That would be insane if we ended up having three games of Notre Dame-Clemson 
I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Just we have to see how things end up playing out. They might give Ohio State that benefit of the doubt when things get shuffled around. They might move up to two and then Clemson up to three. There's a lot of different things that can happen there. But, you know, frankly, that would be crazy to me if, if that happened, if, if, if we were able to see this game be played three times. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Hopefully Notre Dame wins in the ACC championship game and they also finish out the season strong so they can play in that ACC championship game. But so far, a positive sign um, for this, this Notre Dame team with the college football playoff ranking being pushed out. Ryan, the other news that we have is not exactly great news. It's not horrible news. It's just not good to see right now with the basketball season starting up. So we're going to hear about the the Michigan uh, State basketball game that's being played on Saturday. Um, there is another game after that against Western Michigan, and they were expected to play Tennessee after that before they played Ohio State on the 8th. But that game was canceled because Tennessee can't handle a COVID outbreak possibly within their own program. So this is this is already a, a very bad thing to see without the season even being started or being played. Yeah, and I, I think it's really worrisome because, like, football, right? It's a sport where we're only going to play one game a week. It, that's the attrition that's happening on the body. For basketball, and with this second wave of the COVID breakout that's really starting to take effect and, and, and to – really, you know, kind of put things even more cloudy in perspective of the, of the entire country. Now we're, we're talking about a sport and basketball where you just said, right, like we're going to have three games that week. There's so much constant traveling and so much constant contact with different teams and different coaches and different staff and crowds. And, and I don't even know what the crowd capacity is for some of these games, but like there's just so much moving parts in this situation specifically that you can't feel great about – the success of of college basketball right now because like the NBA was so successful because they had the bubble and they were able to really determine who's coming in, who's coming out, and maintaining that that um, that that confidence that we're not bringing in too much outside noise where it's going to affect us in negative ways for ba- for college basketball. We're constantly moving as student athletes and we're constantly traveling. I think it's going to be difficult, and while you know one game early on isn't a huge deal because there's going to be somewhere where some um, date that I'm sure they're going to fit it in relatively shortly here when the, in the makeup game, I think it is a little cause for concern because basketball is not something that we can really control as much as we can control professional sports or control football with, with how many games that are being played for basketball. Right, things are going to be a lot more complicated than what we saw with the NBA season, and it almost makes you wonder with how smoothly things went with the bubble, why are we not seeing more of a, a plan to, to do something similar with these other leagues? They're not really taking those steps, and we continue to see more and more outbreaks. It, it really just it sucks for this Notre Dame basketball scene, uh, uh, this basketball team that Mike Bray talked about scheduling all these really strong opponents early on with an intent of having big games, and you're already losing one. Hopefully, they don't lose any more. But right now, Saturday is the is the big game that's coming up, the one that is 
the the most important one is to start the season playing against a ranked Michigan State team coming up. We are going to hear that crossover part of the episode uh, with Matt Sheehan of Locked on Spartans. Before we get to that, though, folks, I would like to talk to you a little bit about my favorite beer, that being Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit that reset button and get ready for what is next? I know that when I want to relax and it's a weekend, I'm grabbing that Coors Light, especially when I'm sitting down and watching Notre Dame play. It is the perfect beer for just relaxing and watching football. Watching football is therapeutic for fans, and it is uninterrupted me time, an excuse to chill and drink beer. With minimal college football teams playing this year, Coors Light wants you to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and enjoy beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I want to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So now for the remainder of Locked on Irish today, we are going to be doing a crossover episode, the first of its kind in the advent of the the new hosts here for Locked on Irish. It is going to be me joined by Locked on Spartans, uh, Matt Sheehan. Matt, how are you doing today? This is this is something new that we're trying out, but how are you doing? <laughs> oh, this is big time. Thanks a lot for having me, Joe. And look at you just taking time out of this wonderful football season you're having to talk some hoops, man. This is, What a big day for Notre Dame Nation. <laughs> Step up. Let's go, baby. Right, this is I, big. I'm sure that our, our fans are focused on the basketball team, not the Dialed number two in. ranking, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Completely. still important. It's still important. We're facing a top-ranked Michigan State team. This is an important game for both teams because Notre Dame needs to set some early momentum. Conversely, Michigan State needs to start off, start the season off strong if they want to maintain sure. that, that high ranking. So it's all ready to roll into this discussion. We're going to discuss a lot of really important uh, general topics on key players to know, guys that are going to step up. I'm curious to hear, you're losing Cassius Winston. Who is the key returner? Who is that big guy that is now going to take over the role that you think is going to be that player? Yeah, so there's three big players come back from Michigan State. It's Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry, and then Joey Hauser, who I guess isn't coming back. It's going to be his first year playing for Michigan State as he transferred in from Marquette, had to set out last season. But yeah, it's going to be Rocket Watts as far as taking over for Cassius is concerned. Now, there's still debate whether he's going to be playing the one or the two. Regardless, though, he's going to be the primary ball handler. He's going to probably be taking the most shots on the season. Pretty solid three-point shot. He could slash, get to the rim. He really grew in the last third of the season last year. So it's going to be Rocket Watts is really who we're looking for. Now, can he be Cassius Winston? Of co- no. <laughs> point simply, like point blank, no. Like it, that, those are massive shoes to step into. So it's going to have to be a few guys like Aaron Henry as well. Like that's a guy who was testing NBA waters and took his name out with like hours to spare on the deadline. Is he an offensive threat? He's good, but he's more of a two-way player. That's more his skill set that he brings. Strong on defense, uh, strong on offense, but another big offensive guy, too, that we're looking forward to is Joey Hauser. Uh, freshman year, just one year at Marquette, but he shot 42% from three that season. Uh, I've been telling listeners this week, if we can get anything close to that, then he might be the team MVP. He might be who really the offense uh, kind of runs through if Watts doesn't have his game. So those are the big three uh, names to watch out for, for sure, for the Spartans. Now, I'm a fan 
uh, that is driven by fear. That's what uh, gets me up every day. The John L. Smith and Bobby Williams football era has irreversibly damaged me. Uh, so why, <laughs> what, what should make me scared about Notre Dame? Who are the key guys for your team that should really just uh, put me on edge on Saturday night? Well, things are a little complicated for this basketball team right now. Not only, or it's not like Michigan State where you're losing that really key guy with Cassius Winston who ends up going and getting drafted. You're mm-hmm. losing your top two scores. You're losing John Mooney. You're losing TJ Gibbs. They were the, the the key leaders last year. Your upperclassmen, they're not really anything to to really call home about in terms of of dynamic athletes and draft prospects. But they were their leading scorers, sixteen points, thirteen points. You're losing that out of your starting lineup. The only guy that really comes in and steps in and is clearly going to be the one that you need to fear is is Prentice Hub. Last year, he started to show us towards the end of the season that he was going to be the guy taking over this team. He started to show us late that he was getting hot, and he proved that he is a guy that can can take this team to the finish line at the end of games and can finish things out and has that X factor ability. He's not a, a, a super big guard. He's only at six foot three, but he's shown us some decent production putting up 12 points last year. He's a part of a strong junior class that was a really good recruiting group in his class in 2018, a bunch of four-star recruits. He is that big, big name that is going to be stepping in and taking over uh, this primary role in the, in, the, in the big shift in offense right now for this, this Notre Dame Fighting Irish team. So, Matt, uh, we already talked a little bit about key contributors leaving who are some guys that you think you need to step up besides those those notable guys that you've already mentioned? Who are some guys that maybe had minimal roles last year that you mm-hmm. need to see really take that next step forward? Yeah, right on. So it's either Rocket Watts is going to play the one or the two. So if he plays the two, well, someone's got to play the one. And that would be none other than Foster Lawyer. Now, he came in pretty somewhat highly touted guy. He was a four-star uh, his first two seasons have left a little bit to be desired, but a lot of it is just because his appearance. Like Notre Dame fans will catch on very quickly. They all say, "Who is that five foot eight player out there? And how on earth did he find his way in a Division One basketball court?" <laughs> well, that's Foster Lawyer. That's uh, who would be starting at the one. He was named a captain this year. Apparently, there's been a lot of forward progress in his game in the offseason. As if you'd really say anything else. Like it's not like you're going to dog a guy in the offseason. But still, that is rumored to be possibly the starting point guard if they slide Rocket at the two. So that's a guy that's definitely going to have to step up. Um, yeah, does he have his physical limitations? Sure. But what he's known for is, well, if you're a 5'8 guy playing Division One basketball, you can probably figure that it's maybe shooting is the reason that he's up here. Uh, in high school, dynamite shooter, uh, north of 90% from the free throw line, uh, d- definitely probably north of 40% from three-point land. But that's one guy that's going to need to step up. And uh, also a big guy that stepped away too from the program to go to the draft was Xavier Tillman. And he was good on offense for sure, but he was dynamite on defense. And so, yeah, Joey Hauser, he's the four. He's going to be stepping up in a defensive role a little bit. But really, it comes down to who's taking over at the five, the center. And there's a rotating cast of Thomas Kissier, Julius Marble, Marcus Bingham, and Maddie Sissoko, who's a freshman. Those are new names to you. I don't blame you because they were role players last year. So uh, who's going to play the most between the four of them? I might ask you that question. I don't know. I don't even think Tom Izzo knows. So stay tuned to find out about that. So it's the bookends. It's the one position and the five position. That's really uh, the the two goal posts of what's what's going to be something to look for on, on Saturday night. How about you? Because, yeah, like you guys are replacing a, a ton of talent. But even just the guys that aren't replacing the starters or guys like Prentice Hub, who are the underrated? Who, who's just going to dagger MSU and just have like a game of the lifetime as as teams tend to do against MSU? 
I'm pointing right at the the fifth-year man, Jawan Durham. He was named a captain. Last year, he was only getting around 17 minutes a game, so he wasn't really like a, a you know a big-time okay. starter. He's one of the few true bigs on this roster. With Notre Dame basketball, you typically don't see these six foot ten, six foot eleven guys. It's usually a lot of talented players that are in that that six foot age, uh, six foot eight range. I usually point at Bonzi Colson as a really good example of what a lot of these guys are like under the mm-hmm. Mike Bray era. But Jawan Durham, six foot eleven, he's flashed some serious talent. He's a strong rebounder. And now with John Mooney gone, I really believe that he is going to be that player stepping up into the starting lineup. He was named a captain for a reason, and they're going to really not only need him to step up, but I think that he can have an increased impact in his fifth year, in his final year here at the University of Notre Dame. Right on. And so kind of going on top of that, because I have written down uh, Juwan Durham. Two blocks per game, like that's solid for sure, no doubt. Is there anyone else on Notre Dame who is just a defensive menace uh, on the hardwood? Yeah, I mean, defensively, you have a lot of strong players. It's tough to really top anyone uh, with Juwan Durham. But yeah, if if I were to point to anybody else, I'm a big fan of what Prentice Hub really provides defensively. I think that he's a really strong player, and there's a reason why he started to to see an increased role throughout the, the end of the season. That is... You know, really big to me what he was able to show as a, as a sophomore last year and coming now into being a junior. Conversely, though, I'm, I'm curious to hear, though, for you, for Michigan State, it, typically a very strong defensive team. Mm-hmm. Who is that one X-factor guy, or is it really one of those lineups that you think that they're pretty strong defensively? Yeah, you just said it. It's it's the whole lineup really defensively, except maybe when Foster Lawyers in the game. Like it's tough to be five foot eight and out there on your own island. Uh, <laughs> but like two, if he is on there, like two through five, like Rocket Watts, very good defender. Aaron Henry, great defender. Hauser, from what we heard, very good defender. And I'm comfortable with any of the guys that are going to play center. But another role player too that I, I'm sorry I forgot to mention, but he was known for his defense too before he missed 18 months of basketball with back to back foot injuries is Joshua Lankford. Uh, that's a guy who's coming back for like now his sixth year on campus. Uh, it, just like I said, it has been a while since he's played competitive basketball, but knock on wood, uh, all <laughs> things have gone so far so good uh, in the offseason as far as his health goes. So yeah, back in the day when he was playing, he was known as a pretty good perimeter defender. So if we can get like 87% of what he was before uh, these back-to-back foot injuries, like, hey, sold, I'll take it. Like that's still a pretty damn good Josh Lankford you have in your hands. So that's, yeah, that, that's definitely another guy to watch out for. One thing I really like to ask when I, you know, I have guests on and a little different here doing a crossover show it's not really easy to admit something that concerns you. So for this yeah, totally. Michigan State team, what's something that not only concerns you for the entirety of the season, but also for this specific game, something that worries you and maybe should be worrying Michigan State fans if they're being realistic? Yeah, totally. And I don't mean to like talk about the same position over and over again, but when Cassius Winston is the guy that just left your program, like it's a pretty big hole to fill there. Like there was a lot of times in the season last year where okay MSU uh, we're on a drought we need a we need a bucket right here okay other teams on a run someone bail us out it's like all four guys are Cassius you want Cassius can you do something here really quick for us man all right thanks okay go get a three pointer go get two go do a pick and roll with Tillman Tillman's gone too Cassius is gone our pick and roll combination is gone so um, I don't know if it'll be a concern because listen I, I do like who is taking over for them but they're just not Cassius and Tillman. So it is going to be a step down. It's just how big of a step down is it going to be, especially to start the season? So what strikes fear in you then? 
other than the North Carolina Tar Heels coming uh, on Friday <laughs> on, on the gridiron. What, what, what strikes fear in the Notre Dame Irish fan heart for this weekend on the basketball court? For me, we, we very similar with Michigan State. You, you talked about you're losing Cassius Winston. For Notre Dame, you're, you're losing the two top guys that I already mentioned, Mooney and also Gibbs. We saw good things from Prentice Hub, and I think that mm-hmm. fans are confident in what he can do. I'm concerned more so who is going to step up as those secondary and tertiary scorers. There aren't a lot yeah. of guys that gave us a lot of good flashes last year. I'm concerned specifically with how that that four-star junior class steps up. Besides Hub, Dane Goodwin was a four-star recruit. Uh, Nate Lazerski was a four-star recruit. There are some talented guys in there, but they haven't really shown us that four-star quality of play yet, and some of them have not stepped into those top-tier roles that we've needed them to do so. So I'm a little worried. I need to see what they can do early on, if they can actually play up to that hype, and if it's only going to be Prentice Hub out there who's going to be the, the the primary scorer for this team, or can some other guys take over that load? I'm glad you said Nate Lazerski because I have his name written down, and there was no way I was going to pronounce it that way. Like I was going to completely botch <laughs> I'm that. I'm not um, entirely sure if that's correct, so I, I'm probably also botching it too. <laughs> closer than I would have gotten. So I also had written down beneath him, though. He shot four threes per game last year, but that was kind of the whole team's persona. Like I think you guys shot the tenth highest amount of threes in the nation last year. It was like north of 28 threes per game. Mm-hmm. Any indication if that gameplay is going to stick around this year? Do you expect something different? I know it's a very hard question to ask you before games even played on the season, but any indication of if you can expect the barrage of three-point attempts like last year? I would fully expect it. I strongly believe that that's always been a staple in Mike Bray's offensive approach uh, gotcha. with a lot of his teams, especially especially recently. He has always emphasized good shooting, especially good outside shooting. Their top three-point scorer, TJ Gibbs, he's gone. We, as we've already mentioned, he was 42% from uh, from outside the arc, which is a fantastic number to have as a three-point shooter. But the remaining guys all shot over 30%. I think that those guys are going to keep chucking up those shots, especially when you don't have a whole lot of height and a whole lot of big-name talent down there in the mm-hmm. paint. They rely mostly on that outside shooting to really pick up a lot of their, uh, you know, a lot of their numbers. Right on. And uh, just how, how tough is it to get up for a basketball game with the football season going the way it is for you guys right now? Like, I, I, honestly, is, the fan, is this even on the fan base's radar? Or what, what's it like being an Irish fan right now? It's got to be pretty good, right? I would say it's on our radar. Now, my perspective right. is going to be a little bit different than I think some fans because sure. it's always Notre Dame football first. As somebody who's now covering the team. I'm looking at everything. I pay attention to the hockey team. I pay attention to the lacrosse team because gotcha. they're usually a pretty good program. And I think that this this basketball team has some potential to be to be pretty good. I guess the opposite question then for you. Hopefully this isn't doesn't sound too backhanded. No, please. Is, do you need this season to to have yes. to really be something because of how bad they've been doing yes. in football? <laughs> of course it does. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're begging for a reason to smile on Saturdays. Come on, man. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, basketball season's coming at the right time, and it's weird. Like I was talking about with my wife the other day. Like mm-hmm. we're usually like eight football games into the season before the first basketball game rolls around, and now like for MSU. We're only four games into the season, and now basketball is coming here to rescue us. So, like, it's it's throwing my like whole concept of time off too. But that's a different discussion. But yeah, no, we welcome the basketball season with wide open arms this year, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. So to to wrap us up, something that we've always done on our show, and I'm not sure if this is something that you typically do. Whenever we have a guest on, and this is probably going to mm-hmm. be really hectic to do during basketball compared to football when it's one guest a week. 
but we like to get a score prediction. What you think, and I'll also share my score prediction if you'd like it as well. What Absolutely. do you think is going to be the final score of this game if you had to if you had to predict it? Okay, so back when I was a student there, if you scored more than 70 points, you got free tacos at Taco Bell. So I'm going to say uh, the cardboard cutouts at Breslin Center are going to get tacos. It's going to be 71 MSU and then 67 Notre Dame. I think it's going to be a little closer uh, than maybe some people think. But yeah, after early in the season, you're working some things out. And sure, Notre Dame is too. But uh, I've seen enough wonky things happen in 2020 to expect anything from a 30-point Notre Dame victory to a 30-point MSU win. So Let's just try to find the middle ground and uh, a close Michigan State victory is kind of what I'm feeling here. Yeah, my, my co-host is going to hate me for this. Is This is going to be the first <laughs> time so far this year I'm going to be picking against uh, against Notre Dame. I, I just think things are, are going to be tough for them. They're not the type – they have mm-hmm. a really tough start of the season. They might not finish all too hot because compared to some of the teams that they have to play, like they have to play Kentucky too. They have to play oh, – the nice. Tennessee team uh, – Tennessee game just got canceled. Ohio State is also coming up. I don't really think this is going to be a team that hits the ground running. They need to figure their stuff out. So I'm going to go with MSU. Let's go 75 to, to 62. I think it's going to be a little bit wider of a gap than you're, than you're maybe giving credit for, if that sounds good to gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll take a win, man. Please, Lord knows that right. we need it over here in East Lansing. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, this was fun to do. Um, first crossover episode, really enjoyed it. Matt, where can people find your stuff? And then I'll also plug it for for your show, my stuff. So where can everybody find you on social media and also some of yeah, your other content? Yeah, you can catch me acting like a fool on Twitter. Uh, Sheehan underscore sports. My uh, co-host is Will with one L underscore underscore Hunter. He's the brains of the podcast. I'm more of the uh, uh Carnival Barker of the podcast. So yeah, that's that's where I find us. And uh just on Spartans on Twitter too, man. Uh yeah, you can follow me at Joe DeLeon. That's spelled D-E-L-E-O-N-E. Ryan, who is my co-host, he is very similarly, he's more of the uh um more of the football mind when it comes to things. He's a very analytical draft guy. So if you want to follow him and get some draft analysis at Rise, the letter N draft, and then locked on Irish straight up for um our podcast handle but thank you matt so much for doing this uh, and hopefully maybe totally, we can man. we can chat again soon <laughs> absolutely and best of luck with the football team man i'm gonna whisper this because uh, i'm not allowed to say this as a state fan but like i'm kind of rooting for you guys really uh, the rest of the season i'm kind of on the notre dame bandwagon here so i know let's uh sacrilegious and msu talk right. like ah hey, hey notre dame's fine with me man <laughs> <laughs> some of your fans might be a little upset with that one but uh that, that, yeah, that won't be the first time oh well right <laughs> uh thanks for wishing us luck and uh appreciate you coming on again Totally, man. Absolutely. Have a good one. Well, folks, that is going to be it for today's episode of Locked on Irish. Coming up on Monday, we are going to break down that UNC football game that you're probably going to be watching later today as we typically do. Make sure you go and hit that subscribe button just to stay up to date on every single daily show of Locked on Irish. Please also follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and also at Locked on Irish to stay up to date on all the show's content. Lastly, if you're looking for something to watch right now, go to Locked on College Football as you're getting ready for all the games that are going to be happening uh, today. So if you're looking for something else to listen to, Locked on College Football. Have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. Enjoy the day of football for the next two to three days, and then we will hear from or sorry, we will talk to you again on Monday. 